Welcome back to episode 127 of the Bad Taste Video Podcast. I am Mike. I am here with Anthony. I am here with Grizz. Yo. We are watching a WCW Nitro from what, 90... It was 97. 97. It just started uh, beating them. Yeah, what a, what, a, what a time to be a wrestling fan back then, right? Fucking crazy. We're, we're, in, we're in the midst of the wars yes. right here. So, this will be our Christmas episode, so I guess we should try to be a little Christmassy. You sound like one of the fucking gremlins from last week. Yeah. Or two, two weeks ago. ago. <laughs> Jesus. I don't even off. know when it is. Yeah, I'm in a I'm in the, the black hole of the holidays right now. <laughs> get my tuning right? fork black out. hole holiday. There you go. That's a good so name. we record over Skype, obviously, because Grizz lives uh, hours away from Anthony and I. Same state. And though. I'm currently looking at the webcam feed that we are sending to Grizz in Buffalo, and it looks like a Rob Zombie music video. It really does. <laughs> you guys are, yeah. are full blown. I'm like expecting like a fucking big headed robot to come like waving his stupid arms in a minute in the background. Yeah, I got to come out of the fucking closet over there just gonna kick out a werewolf this is all just so gris can see uh the wcw nitro girls dancing on a shaky uh platform right isn't that Shawn michael's wife <laughs> is it one of them is wait really yeah which one i think it's the one on the blonde his, one yeah right there yeah really i didn't know that yeah, still dude, to story. this day yeah. Wow. Look at that. So, like I said, this would be our <laughs> this would be our Christmas episode. Uh, we could have done something festive, but it was either this or Jack Frost too. Oh God! <laughs> so we chose a movie with that 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 has no real snow in it whatsoever. Really? No real snow. Even even on the exteriors? Well, on the on the the B roll, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I wanted to do Jack Frost too. They were against it for no. some odd reason. I don't know. That first movie's hard, man. I don't know. And little 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 trivia about that podcast we did. I didn't know it was going to be a watch along. So earlier that day, I watched Jack Frost <laughs> so one. You watched Jack Frost. And I twice got in here and Beard's day. like, by oh. the way, this is a watch along. Yeah. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? You gotta uh, watch it twice. A dude. movie that I swore an hour before getting here that I will never watch again. Unfortunately, you did. Oh, Merry boy. Christmas, have, you scum. Have I watched it since? Absolutely not. No. Am I going to put it on before Christmas? No, don't do it. It's not worth it. May maybe. Torture. I know the cover. <laughs> I love it, man. That's a <laughs> Yeah, don't judge a book by its cover. Where's, play yeah, the it's a good cover. Uh, yeah, it's a good cover. Yeah. It's a great cover. Play the Wasp song. Uh, the torture never stops for me. Right? <laughs> oh, Jeez. Oh. Best part of Violent Shit Part 1 is when there's like a three minute uh, scene of just driving down a road to that. I mean, that's, that's pretty much the life right there, if you ask me. You know, you got Stanley Kubrick. You know, he's an artist. You got some people over in Germany doing some weird shit too, yeah. I guess. Right? <laughs> Artist as well, in my opinion. Uh, so, Grizz, why don't you uh, hit that time machine, baby? All right, you bad taste scumbags. Buckle up your seatbelts. Dial it back to 1980 because we are going back in time. I love it. I love it. Fuck you guys. <laughs> scumbags. Uh, 1980, June of 1980 to be exact. 
What a what a what a wonderful time, right? Odd time for this to be released, I think, but you know we'll get there. Something about watching movies like this in June just doesn't work for me. But no. you know, so be it. The uh, the studios, I guess, have the the bottom line in mind, and what the fuck do I know? Blockbuster right? season. Yeah. Has anybody ever tried releasing a winter horror movie in winter? There, I mean, there has to be <laughs> at least one or two, I know. Um, okay, so... Jack Frost June. had to have been, right? Come on. Oh, was that, that was straight to video, man. Come on, unless we're talking about the Michael Keaton one. Well, it was straight to video in November or December, I'm sure. Yeah. It's... We'll, 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 Anthony, check that out for us while what? I do this. What are we doing? Dial that up. Uh, when was Jack Frost released? Go back into oh, your it's notes. Oh, it's got to be 97. No, no, but we need the exact date, please. Oh, God. Okay. Wait, uh, Michael Keaton one? Nope. The uh, the best one. <laughs> the good oh, one. Oh, you mean the Michael Keaton one? Uh, <laughs> so, June of 1980, something that I find very interesting and pretty awesome, the Commodore VIC-20 was released. So, another computer... Uh, released along with our November 18th, movie. 1997. There you go. There it is. Christmas. Jingle bells. Jingle bells. There it is. So you talk about the Commodore now. Like, think about how far we've come with alien technology over the past few years <laughs> that we've been <laughs> able to get the computers found, that dude, we have now. All the shit that they found in those fucking Mayan temples. They found those secret rooms and all that shit. Now look. Look at, look the at what we're doing on Skype got, across the interwebs. Across yeah. the state, and we're doing this for you guys. Thank you, aliens. This is because of yeah. you. Yeah, you know what, dude? How the fuck do magnets work? You ever think about that? Oh, don't even blow my mind right now. <laughs> uh, something else that was released in June of uh, 1980 that I love: The Blues Brothers. Yeah, a wonderful film. Belushi, well, poss- possibly one of my favorites of all time. I'm not sure of the date, but one of my other favorite movies, one of a great, The Elephant Man came out that year too. 1980. Oh. 1980. The Elephant Man. I have a whole list. Oh, there you go. A lot of Atlantic City, another great movie, came out that year. 80s, 80s stacked, man. I love the Na- 80s. 1980s stacked. Nah, just kidding, man. I was born in the 80s. <laughs> on my phone. Uh, Harley Race, the uh, the NWA champ. He actually beat Rocky Johnson, who is The Rock's dad. On the date that this movie was released. No shit. There we go. Yeah. To retain the title. And who do you guys think was WWWF champion at this time? Was it Backlund still? Mm. Yep. (laughs) For a very long time. Goddamn chicken wing around. Dude, Isn't I, it crazy he, how long he wrestled? I think he had it until like 1983, right? Yeah, Iron Sheik had it forever, man. Sheik yeah, he lost it to it? Sheik. I remember that with the the camel what? clutch. That's classic. Dude, yeah, Sheik looks so fucking ripped in that video. He's like, oh, and he's grabbed. Oh, God, yeah. love that. You ever see like the pictures of him when he was like actually like wrestling, wrestling? Yeah. Like real, like real Dude. wrestling. Back yeah. when? He looked, no, Young no. Sheik? No, the Sheik, like when yeah. he was like an Olympic wrestler. Yeah. He was fucking the tank. Yeah. People, I would never, people say today I wouldn't mess with that dude. He's a badass. Nah, he's, whenever, whenever there's like podcasts of people saying, buck. <laughs> there's people, there's <laughs> podcasts of like wrestlers saying whenever they go to the Hall of Fame or like the weekend of WrestleMania weekend and stuff, if they stay at the hotel as, ba- as Bob Backlund, even as current as the last Hall of Fame, because he always shows up there, it's like no one could keep up with his work, even now with his workout routine. 
crazy. Like Backlund's got a crazy workout routine. Crazy. Like like a cra- like a hundred squats or something. Like Jesus. easy. He has like the old timey workout. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Very. Very. Like. Yeah. 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 Okay. So this week's movie is the 1980 Stanley Kubrick Stephen King adaptation, The Shining. It was released on June 13th. So Friday the 13th. Oh, yeah, right. Maybe, that yeah. would have been a Friday, right? The movies were always released on Fridays. Oh yeah, especially well, like a that out. especially a movie with a budget of nineteen million dollars. Oh, oh my god, can you imagine that budget? Holy shit! Went over That's budget. A big budget in nineteen eighty. Yeah. Went over budget and went over time. So be it. 14 months. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a long time to film. And I feel like that's what makes it so hard to discern what's supposed to be part of the movie and what is just a continuity error because they were filming for fucking ever. You know what I mean? When you have so many takes from so many days and you know we didn't want to use this that things move you know it's cr- how do you even keep track so of that he 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 apparently in between every scene he already knew how many takes he wanted between it was not like we're gonna work it out I was like no i'm gonna just be like 100 takes yeah so like that's the thing i was gonna say takes. like i would i would agree with you mike if we were talking about probably almost any other director in the planet besides kubrick this motherfucker could have taken three years and everything in the movie that is in there should be in there for one reason or another, in my personal opinion. The, there's, a, there's a lot of things about, like, legendary directors and stuff that, like, you know, the the common, I guess, like, I guess, like, mainstream movie fans know about directors. And there's a lot of people that are overhyped. I I will say that Krub, everything about Krubrick is fantastic. Like, yeah, he was a he was rough on his cast, but, like, he can be a douchebag. Yeah, huge <laughs> douchebag. But, man, he was phenomenal director i just i just don't believe that everything was intentional it's just a physical nah. impossibility there's 200 it's, iq it's 200 it's, iq the that, dude was that, a genius nobody was nobody ever has had a 200 iq in in the history genius. of man that's the real thing <laughs> he's a genius if he had a 200 iq he would have been working for fucking he's a genius you would never have heard his name because he would have been in a think tank somewhere doing yeah. fucking <laughs> yeah hooked up to a dolphin or something yeah. right Maybe talking about shit or, or faking the moon landing you know yeah. it never happened <laughs> get, out of here. get out of here with that shit we're gonna get in to that, okay, well, we're bust listen, that shit through the fucking ground, window. <laughs> through <a> fucking window. <laughs> um, yeah, so Stanley Kubrick, uh, you would know him from such things as what are what are some of your favorites that he's done besides this? There's a uh, ton. And 2001: Space Odyssey is, I think, probably one of yeah. the most iconic films that he's ever a been clock, a part of. A clockwork, a It was so good that it led to a conspiracy theory. Yes, it did. It right? did. And and that is 100% the reason why that conspiracy theory exists is because of that film. It was so and, well done. And That's feeds, the only reason. He feeds into that conspiracy theory in this movie. In this movie, <laughs> well, he feeds into it. There's a, there's a big thing we'll talk later. Yeah, he we're feeds into all of his lot. films, theories, and yeah. I think he's, yeah. like, he's well aware of what people think, and he plays into that in, in all yeah. of his films leading forward like a, that he continues to do. He's like a hill wrestler. He just feeds in. <laughs> so he's, he's like a bad... He's a, uh, a Clockwork Orange. Uh, it's also He's one a of Full Metal Jacket. <laughs> uh, I love Full Metal Jacket. That's a great one. That's I, probably yeah. one of the the best first half, like first yeah. halves of a movie. 
I agree. It's one of the best. I, yeah, I, I love that shit. A wild um, first Linden. half of a movie. The whole movie's good, but yeah, I think for an opening and to really get you buckled in for a movie, I don't think anything does it quite as well as Full Metal Jacket. Yeah, that yeah. whole boot camp sequence is fucking nuts. Yeah. Crazy. That, that movie is also He's very so horny. I mean, of course, <laughs> there's the movie he did for the Illuminati, Eyes Wide Shut, which we all know yeah. he was hired by the New well, World Order to create that. So. Well, Hulk Hogan? Uh, Hulk Hogan, yeah. <laughs> but also, there's a, since he brought it up, um, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson talks about, I think I might have brought it up on this podcast early on, Paul Thomas Anderson was a young director, director at that time, and he was such a big Stanley Kubrick fan that somehow he got his way in, like, a big thing Kubrick was good at is pleasing the studios by like letting celebrities come in and stuff to see their sets but Paul Thomas Anderson was a very young director that just came off of Boogie Nights and all this stuff and he was like I'll meet him I'll meet him and he fight him on his set for Eyes Wide Shut which was his last movie and you would think a director of that caliber Kubrick at that point and Paul Thomas Anderson said he walked in he saw there was like 16 people a couple lighting guys a sound guy a script reader a producer and Kubrick and he's like, oh, is this like an? He said he's like, oh, is this like a like a B roll day or like a second unit day? It's like, no, this is the crew. It's like sixteen people. I don't like to have more than that. He's like, how many people do you have? Like a hundred. He's like, yeah, that's too fucking many, man. <laughs> like, dude, man, he shot that movie in ninety eight, ninety nine with sixteen, like a crew of sixteen people. The dude's fucking amazing. With like, it's unreal. Man. He didn't finish that, right? No, um, I um, he he, it's it's um, there's a lot of rumors to it. He did see a cut of it before he died. But I think it was Spielberg and a couple other people yeah. helped out. Yeah, yeah. That, that, but he was working with he loved Spielberg and he was getting ready to work with him on AI. Is he credited Spielberg in uh, Eyes Wide Shut? I forgot. I think he made. I think it, it was already basically done. Besides a couple things, so I think it was. I think the the rumor was not rumor, but I think Spielberg might have. I gotta check. Yeah, gotta check. Maybe but like I, final cut of it I, or something. He did see a cut of it before he died, though. Crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. It's always nuts when you like see movies. I mean, like Zombie 3, Fulci didn't die at that point, but like he had to leave the movie because of, yeah. you know, sickness. Like the, yeah. I guess it was his diabetes or whatever. And it's, it's like so hard to see where the other person took over. You know what I mean? Like what was what was his what's this other guy's you hope the good stuff is Fulci's you know what Can I mean you really and like, see the difference in what you like in the director that you've come to love and where the new person took over Can yeah you really feel the you know the the artistry behind what you get but like you know what you've become yeah. to know from that person I think in zombie three like if you're I'm not gonna say I'm fucking you know Dr. Lucio Fulci expert or whatever <laughs> but I I feel like I could tell what's like a Fulci thing and what isn't because he apparently had like not I mean I guess a decent amount but not a terribly large amount of that movie uh, credited to him but, I would say that's you know, where gonna, the, that, that series definitely starts to feel like not a Fulci film anymore I mean you know people please still watch Zombie 3 please great. watch Zombie 4 is good too that's another good one uh, there's a ton of them, but those two, I think Zombie 5 or 6 is actually Monster Hunter. The, uh, you know, Say, is 5 Vegas the ones with two. the birds? Yeah, killing birds. Yeah, what the fuck, dude? It's so weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So to confirm, it was that he, uh, he died six days after showing a cut to ex- executives at Warner Brothers and, wow. uh, and Nicole Kimmon and Tom Cruise. Died six days after it. 
Uh, he had a, he, as we know, he has a big hand in his editing process. Uh-huh. So nobody could really know how much, like he did like, he did have a big friendship with Steven Spielberg. So people think he might've, him and his editors worked on it. Like he, maybe he made notes and Spielberg made notes, did it. Yeah. So no one knows, but, but then, but the, the truth was that they were going to work on AI together. That was like, That's AI crazy. was supposed to be like him and Spielberg together. That would have like, been cool. Right, yeah. Should have been Cruz. Should have been, should have been, yeah. <laughs> no, we wouldn't have got that great tape last week and being the COVID war. No, you know what, man? Uh, they're saying it was a publicity stunt. Dude, I get dude, sympathy. Dude, dude. But you know what? Fuck it. That's good. Still, whatever. Poor, poor Christian I mean, Bale. Fuck, fuck, the, fuck them, but. Christian Bale was trending number one on Twitter because of that. Because of his outburst on Terminator 10 years oh, ago. Yeah. He, was, he was like, I can imagine him as, like, this fucking thing again? That was 10 oh, yeah. years yeah. ago. They killed me for this. <laughs> they killed me for this. <laughs> no, say it how he would say it. <laughs> Get off the fucking set, man. <laughs> I'm trying to act. <laughs> you moving lights. <laughs> so this movie was pretty successful, right? Not, not until the video. Well, it made $47 million. Yeah. Yep. No. That was, but that's cumul. Yeah. Accumulated. <laughs> but that's cumulative gross. Yeah. Uh, that's not too bad. Well, you want to know something ridiculous about the perception of this movie? Of course. Stanley Kubrick and Shelley Duvall both got nominated for Razzies for worst director and worst actress. That seems to happen a lot, it? though. Yeah, yeah. That, they didn't win it though. They didn't win. Remember, like at that time, like <laughs> that shit was really like oh, stupid. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Real like four chan shit. Four chan shit. You know? <laughs> That's good. The Razzies in the '80s were four chan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a great comparison. Uh, the casting of this movie. Apparently, Jack Nicholson was the Kubrick's first choice. Yeah, he was his first choice, which you don't really see too often at this yeah. time, right? It's always like, oh, I wanted this person, but you know, this person did it instead. Great casting, yeah, right? Hit, you hit. fucking hate him the whole time. Yeah. Seems like a smug piece of shit right from the start, right? The the, no, the novelist he hired to rewrite Kubrick, uh, rewrite King's, like do the screenplay, because he hated Kubrick's, I mean, he hated King's screenplay for The Shining. Yeah, I guess that's but, Diane Johnson. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she, they would watch, they both wanted Nicholson, and they would watch multiple Jack Nicholson movies decide which which Jack they wanted for what, like, for what part. So, so they went like, do they want the unhinged one or the more yeah subdued? Ironically enough, too, Stephen King fucking hates the casting, cannot stand it, thinks that he is the absolute wrong character, and just gives away the insanity of the character from the get go, and he doesn't like that about him. Yeah, Yeah. it's not like a surprise, I guess. Yeah, Yeah, but but let's face it, King's not the best. Well, let me let me (laughs) let me put a disclaimer out there. I have not personally read the book. Have I any? Have. You have read it. Yes. Have you read it? Fucking nerd. No. <laughs> that as a no. Okay. So all my info about the book versus the movie and all that is is purely off of research. Yeah, Anthony, you've read the book, so yeah. obviously you have uh, a little bit more knowledge about this. Now, if we we're talking about Salem's Lot, that would be something. Yeah. Completely different. <laughs> yeah. Y- 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 you, if you read any Stephen King's book, there's a lot of hidden misses, but like Kubrick probably read it, saw that it was a lot of great stuff, and he did try to. In the book, there's the hedge monsters, yeah. and he really did try to do things, and it was just like, listen, this looks like shit. I think he basically, I think he said the book is a great skeleton, it's a great yeah. story, and he likes screenplays that are also novelists, like screenwriters that are novelists. He's like, that's why I wanted the book, yeah. and he gave him a chance. He went, imagine you did something. 
And then someone's like, okay, we'll rewrite it. And it's already out. They brought the rights. Like, you already brought the rights for it. Your screenplay yeah. sucked, man. I'm going to hire another novelist to rewrite uh, your, your book yeah. to make a movie. Well, apparently he liked the idea that it was like a supernatural psychological yeah. thing where you can almost tie the supernatural to, you know, what's going on in this guy's head and this kid's head and all that shit. So he was drawn to that, which is pretty cool that like it's a pretty uh, like out there type idea. Right. And from what I get from the Stephen King novel, that book is pretty out there, too. Right. Like the type of shit that's going just like how it like the, yeah, the just, movie doesn't exactly uh, portray what's going on in the novel 100 percent. And this, it's completely different. It's the opposite. It's yeah, from what I gather, too, from research, it's like the the book really kind of focuses in on uh, a paranormal aspect of the hotel and, and, and the things that are going on there, whereas I think this really hones in on, like you said, the more of the psychological yeah. uh, aspect of the the haunt, quote unquote. Yeah. Yeah. King, would, King didn't like a lot about the movie. He wanted to be set in the hotel where he wrote the book. Yeah. Where he got the inspiration where he actually, I think he, they actually used that hotel or like a different Stanley. one. Stanley. Yeah. The, well, yeah. The, well, they, now, the 97 one, they actually, I think they actually end up using that. Well, one. now there's, now here's like, there's a debate about that now. So they filmed at uh, Timber, I think it's called the Timberland Lodge in Mount Hood, Oregon. Just the that's, exterior. That's where the exteriors of the actual uh, hotel are. Now, people say that. Stephen King got the idea of the novel from either the Stanley Hotel in Colorado or there's one in New Paltz, New York, that also might be the, I guess, catalyst for this story. Yeah. Now, it's up to debate. They look very similar. There's like very, um, you know, the inside of the one in New Paltz looks like the fucking shit from the fucking movie like yeah. it looks whereas the other one doesn't really look as much you know the the way the way i from interviews i've heard from stephen king is that the the whole and even the book it's more of like i guess i, I, I can't i'm not an interior designer i think but like i guess like more of a colonial looking hotel I like it was supposed to be more like well, they say that they built yeah. it on an indian burial ground so. well, well, well that's that stuff no, that wasn't in the book and then yeah it was stuff is yeah. in the book yeah and we like, and we'll get we'll get into that a little bit in in, in a yeah. section that we got coming up later that really talks about that whole indian narrative that i think would be interesting oh, so crazy. what do you think about casting uh shelly duvall as Wendy, apparently in the novel, she's a more powerful character. A that she's a she's a yeah, yeah she's a force against Jack. Where uh, Shelley Duvall is pretty much unhinged, uh, very meek, and perfect for Kubrick's vision, not for Stan- Stephen King. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. I think she was you know casted well for this. You know, I feel bad for her. I think it was terrible. What was she done. was never the same. Yeah, we'll talk about that too yeah. later. I mean, but she's, I she's really absolutely haunting in this movie. I yeah. think that's the best yeah. description of, of her her role and how she plays this movie is that you just you you come away from it being like fuck. Yeah, yeah, dude. It's a long way from olive oil. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, it for took sure. me a while to realize that was before this. I thought it was after. It, it was? Was it after it, or before? It's right after it this is before. olive oil. Oh, God. Really? Yep. Well, may, oh, maybe they over... Oh, oh, God. Oh, man. Imagine that jumping from that. <laughs> that was... Uh, have you ever seen that movie? Have you guys yeah, ever watched Robin Williams? Rough, Fuck man. yeah. Yeah. It's 
rough. Yeah, 1980. Uh, released on December 6, 1980. Yep. No, back to back. Wow. Oh, my God. They, uh, She's like, <sighs> they, they credit, or the critics or whatever give her credit for that being her absolute best role she ever did was Olive Oil. It was the role she was born for and shit. Oh, she, she was, literally she was looks great. like her. She was great as It really does, though. Insane. All right, we <laughs> have <laughs> Danny sucks, Lloyd. Yeah, yeah. Sucks, Danny Lloyd playing Danny Torrance, child yeah. actor. Didn't good. know this was a horror movie. Yeah, good had job. No, had no idea this is a horror movie. Yeah, two yeah, thumbs good up. Good on Kubrick. Yeah, Scatman Crothers. Great, oh, awesome, <sighs> fantastic. Halloran. You mean Damn. Virgil? Oh. <laughs> yeah, he looks like Virgil. He did. Yeah. Almost, almost, almost <laughs> died of exhaustion in this movie. Too. Oh I know, man, dude. basically, he was another one that was put through hell. He won- seventy years. I think he started at sixty nine and ended at seventy. Was it true that uh, he wanted him to quit? That's why he was so hard no, on him. No, no, no. He didn't want him. I don't. I think he just really tested him. But that. What's he say? I'm tired. I'm t- well, no. There's, there's a. St- I've heard multiple things, and it's hard to know what's true or what's not because there's million different stories but the thing was i think kubrick that last scene where he gets uh hit with the axe like he gets killed yeah yeah kubrick was like i'm gonna spoiler alert i'm spot okay (laughs) it's gonna be a hundred takes this is gonna be a hundred takes and i think that think his experience from the scene where him and danny were talking about the shining at the beginning of the movie also was like a crazy amount of takes he didn't he just didn't want to hear it was gonna be a hundred takes it was like Mr. Kubrick, I want to go to sleep. I'm tired. And apparently Nicholson had a Nicholson had to convince him to. They wanted. It was like Kubrick's like I want at least seventy takes, and they're like, they're like twenty, thirty, forty. Okay, forty, and they agreed at forty takes. So that scene was Damn. forty takes at seventy years old. Well, uh, keep on falling. He had to keep on falling forty times. I think there's some sort of interview with uh, Nicholson where he says, "Like, yeah, you don't, you don't give your all in the first few because you know you're gonna be there for yeah. a while." <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's why. That's I why Nicholson that. was such a pr- Nicholson was game. Yeah, he oh, was fucking game. Dude, man. he plays a huge prick in this movie. Coming off an Oscar, coming off his Oscar win, he's like he is. Literally, just he's untouchable in this fucking movie. Yeah, you can yeah. feel his uh, his confidence in this movie as an actor. Yeah. I think really shine. He's awesome. great. Oh, there you go. Good one. Shine, <laughs> shine, shine, shine. Oh, shine. Oh, oh. Is that the secret? <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> <Cute> sounds. <laughs> okay, let's hit the trailer and let's get into this movie. I don't suppose they uh, told you anything in Denver about the tragedy we had up here during the winter of 1970. I hired a man named. Charles Grady is the winter caretaker. From what I've been told, I mean, he seemed like a completely normal individual. But at some point during the winter, he must have suffered some kind of a complete mental breakdown. He ran amok and uh, killed his family with an axe. Well, you can rest assured, Mr. Ullman, that's not going to happen with me. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Mom? Do you really want to go and live in that hotel for the winter? Sure I do. It'll be lots of fun. The only thing that can get a bit trying up here during the winter is uh, the tremendous sense of isolation. Is there something bad here? I fear you will have to deal with this matter in the harshest possible way. What did I do? I killed you with Danny. You did this to me. Didn't you? I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm just gonna bash your brains. 
Okay, so The Shining. If if you don't know what this movie's about, I mean, I don't know where the fuck you've been, right? <laughs> I feel like everybody knows this movie. Uh, a guy and his family basically move into a hotel to take care of things for the winter, and uh, things don't go so well, to say the least. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I really like the whole idea of like a big vacant hotel. I feel like that uh, isn't done so much, right? It's always abandoned yeah. or whatever. Not just like no, like it's off season, so somebody has to take care of the shit. You Dude, know? me personally, when I hear and I hear this idea of like if someone was gonna be like, I'm gonna pay you to go be by yourself in a hotel fucking full of food damn. and recreation. No one's gonna fucking bother you all winter. I'm like, where do I sign? Like right now? Like that's my dream. Like just leave me the fuck yeah. alone. <laughs> it seems get, easy enough. Yeah, you get to drive around in a fucking snowcat. Oh right? yeah, that'd be sweet. Dude. I'd be crushing that maze. Yeah. I know it's easier said than done. I'm pretty sure I won't kill my family. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or attempt to kill my family. I'm fairly certain I could. Them. I could. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're gonna find you running around naked, right? Maybe. <laughs> I'm free, of, baby. <laughs> like yeah, a bunch of whippets, fucking. In the middle of the night, you're like you're sleeping. You wake up. It's the cartridges everywhere. <laughs> In the middle of the night, like you just want a little bit of ice cream. You get up from your bed. You're naked, walking down the steps yeah. into the walking naked. Just eating a bunch of like, like Edie's like strawberry, like strawberry ice cream naked. I don't see a problem with any of this. Sign me you up. You hear it all night long playing, right? Yeah. Touch me, crazy. You go into the, one of the many conference rooms. Is yeah, honey, come back to bed. Put the balls on this. Yeah, I'm just leaving butt cheek marks on all the tables. Forget about it. Oh, the, the stainless steel, right? We came back early. We'll test this. We'll see if it rusts. Excuse me, Michael. The cameras are still on. We see all of this. <laughs> At least let us leave first. Jeez. We get we came to drop off the keys. <laughs> okay, so we have a pretty small cast of characters compared to some of the other films that we've covered on this podcast. We of course have the Torrance family, Jack, Wendy, and Danny. Right? Jack is a school teacher. They're from Vermont. They're moving to Oregon, right? That's where this is supposed to be. And he's going to basically be the caretaker of the hotel. And also, he's going to try to write while he's there. He's a he's a novelist now. It's a perfect opportunity have, to get some time so, to uh, to work in some solitude. Yeah. Aren't, are we to infer that he lost his teaching job to his alcoholism? Like, like are we to infer that he... He needs this. He needs a job because like a fresh start. A fresh start, basically. He's had it, some it, trouble. In his yeah, past. it's. It seems like he's like very like fuck that place. I'm yeah. not, you know, look, that kind of thing. So maybe I never That's thought just about his it like that. It's everything it, too. It's just fuck everything. Everything pisses me off, and yeah. everybody else's fault but mine. The one thing you do notice about him and Shelley Duvall, with the, what you're bringing up, is that them going to there, like them leaving. They do make a very, like, I'm not sure if it's, like, it was, I'm deliberate, but they make a very, it looks like there's, a, they're like, like a very wounded couple. They look like there is some fucking shit. Well, I'm just, just, imagine just a when real they're walking couple around. like them. Whoa. Yeah. Like, can you, like, it just freaks me out. <laughs> them taking the tour, like, you're just looking at them like, this is, like, he seems some fucking. He seems like such a creep. Right, like uh, you just get that vibe that he's like a fucking piece of shit, and then yeah, like just like you're saying, mannerisms. She, she seems fucking wounded, bro. Like yeah. there's some some problems with her, and like well, it's apparent on sight. 
even the way that she's speaking to the doctor that comes to see Danny after he has like that seizure, like when he yeah. first does the shine, um, she's talking so kind of like, ah, you know, it happens. He dislocated his shoulder. He was very a little dismissive, drunk, yeah. but yeah. yeah, yeah, like she really. You could tell trying to like make it okay in her mind yep. as she's saying this to the doctor, right? Yeah, I feel like she's probably like in her head just trying to cover for like what a shitty situation that she knows she's in with her husband right now and her family's kind of falling apart. Yeah, they're trapped. They're trapped. Yeah, yeah. This guy's like a yeah. fucking abusive piece of shit. Yeah. That's going like to come into play a lot in, a, in some of my theories later on here. The whole they're trapped together kind of a notion. Now we also have Halloran, Dick Halloran, right? I think his name is Dick. Oh, yeah. uh, he's the cook, the head chef Yep. at the Overlook Hotel, right? Scatman Crothers. I really like him in this role. I know people make fun of him. Uh, I find it pretty funny sometimes. Like when he's in that snow cat, I was saying to you before, it looks like a corpse driving, right? Yeah. Like just, it looks oh, terrible. Really does. Poor or guy. Like when, when he really does. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like fucking like, oh, I'm not even going to, never mind. <laughs> You're a big fan of his uh, Miami Miami apartment, aren't you? Oh my God, with those naked pictures. <laughs> mm, sexy, the, Afro, the one Afro is as big as the actual print. <laughs> yeah. It's, I was like, wow, that's, that's some artistic that license. That would be sweet. Oh my god! I like those. Those it's are cool so as fuck. Funny. Yeah, I really actually like that apartment. It's very yeah. like Florida, right? Yeah. Even though fuck, you know, I wouldn't ever live in Florida, but still it, takes a plane. Yeah, if flies there, if fucking like doesn't does decide. Hey, there's an emergency up there. Can we get more people to fucking? Yeah. Hey, you know, <laughs> his apartment is like if Shaft had an apartment. That's exactly yeah. what Scatman's yeah. apartment is in this movie. Dude, he's got a foot pillow. You got a foot pillow? Uh, uh, you got a foot pillow? I really I did have a foot pillow. That job must pay good. Yeah, it dude. He's fucking one. pay good, man. Yeah. He's fucking living. Well, he's a paintings head and chef. foot pillows. Yeah. He's, he's, a head, he's a head chef at this giant like lodge. He's got to be making decent money. Especially to kind of take half the year off. Right? And is that even an apartment? <laughs> or is that... That might be a house, yeah, dude. Yeah, man. It could be a condo. Yeah, because he's... When he's speaking in that other room, there's like a bar-looking thing that he's near. And it looks like it's a nice like bar. a sunroom. Yeah, I think that might be a house. I think this dude's loaded. He's living like Tony down there, right? He's living like Tony. <laughs> I mean, he thinks nothing of it to fucking fly back to Oregon to, to save these motherfuckers. So it's yeah. going to cost a little bit of money. Dude, call... Calls the fucking sheriff's office or whatever. Yo, bro, I need a fucking yeah. snow cat. Can you hook that up for me? Guess what? This dude's up there with a snow cat. <laughs> yeah. Right? He's got Come money. On. Smooth. Smooth. Those are the four main characters that really take up most of the story. You know, there's a couple other main people. Players. Tony. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Tony, does he count as a character? That's yeah, a good call. Yeah. Tony. Tony is the little guy that lives in Danny's mouth yeah, yes. and, hides <laughs> and he speaks stomach. yeah and he speaks through uh, his finger uh, imaginary I friend I guess he would say yeah. well <laughs> well Danny is he is he though is he <laughs> we need one of those like stabs those like mystery stabs so what genre film would you say this is is this like a but it's funny because I on said, the surface it's a haunted house movie, yeah. but is it? It, it? I would say it's a horror movie. I would say well, it's, it's obvious. Uh, it's definitely a horror movie. Family horror. Family. I would definitely not say it's family horror. <laughs> no, I family, would say well, it's a psychological horror. 
Yeah. Um, even a psychol- or a psychological thriller, I think it falls yeah. into that category. Um, yeah, it's it's on the surface a haunted house movie. I don't think this is a haunted house movie at all. I definitely think this is more of a, you know more of a psychological type of movie than it is. Yeah, ghost I'll movie. Ag- yeah, I'll agree that it's more of a psychological movie. Uh, is it ghosts? No. Is it something else? Maybe. Yeah. I would say that it's not exactly like a like a ghost, but it may be like a projection yeah. of some sort. You know what I mean? If someone if I never see- saw The Shining and someone was like, you're going to love this haunted house movie. And then I watched oh, The 100%. Shining. I'd be yeah. like, like yeah. have you ever fucking watched a haunted house movie? Because that's Did not I'm- what I just watched. Have you guys ever seen uh, the trailer that's on YouTube where somebody re-edited the, re-edited the Shining, made a trailer into a family comedy or a family no. dude, I love dude, those it's, videos. It's, I haven't seen it, but I love that shit. It is um I think what I think they'd use uh what's it um like um what's his name? It's Salisbury Hill as the as the, as the uh <laughs> Phil Collins. Not, is that Phil Collins? Oh um, not Phil Collins, fuck um uh, Peter Gabriel. Peter yeah, Gabriel. Yeah. It's like as as the tra- as, dude it is you would think it's a family movie. It's <laughs> Jack needs to get closer. Jack wants to get closer to his son. <laughs> I love those two because they just really highlight how all it takes is a little bit of editing and the right soundtrack yeah. to completely change the context of movies. It just completely changes them. I think it's just called Shining, not The Shining. Yeah. Shining. <laughs> so this film is actually pretty relevant in pop culture. It's it huge. may not have made a hundred million dollars back in the day, but I feel like it's one of those things that kind of penetrated the general public. You know what I mean? You're going to see it in the Simpsons, right? Uh, South Park is still yeah. doing parodies of it years later. Yeah. One of the best episodes they ever had, which also had a blockbuster video in it, I believe. Yeah. Right. When when Randy is frozen out the so, uh, outside at the so end, so good. Yeah, it's, like, it's so good. Ready Player Ch- One, Chicken Nuggets. <laughs> Ready Player One. I'm not sure if anyone saw it. I I went to see that not with low expectations. Yeah, I like that movie. Yeah. And yeah, I went to, when in low expectations. Never read came the book, so I don't know. Yeah, me, and I I thought it was great. And um, there's a scene in the movie where the level is the shining. Yeah, like the, it's that's and I think that kind of someone told me that kind of spiked the whole them doing the that its sequel that, yeah which was terrible i they, hated it did they ever make a shining video game is that ever a thing i don't I'm think i would sure want to play that though. i can't remember that would be cool like a mystery game like that i would be all about that shit i don't i don't think i don't think i'd be that uh i think it would be too it's not enough for a game you know what i mean I for an actual if, like what are you gonna do oh, shoot yeah. fucking clocks or something like yeah i, I see what you're saying there <laughs> But with the whole fact of like you know it not making you know hundred million dollars or whatever, I think that if you were to take into fact all of the different things that have taken uh, you know from this movie or have parodied this, you would easily have a billion dollars worth of of artistic credit that could go to this movie. Yeah. It's been oh, redone and and you know scary movie. All these different things have taken shit from The Shining. It's it's that it's- kind of iconic movie in film history. It's in the Congress now. It's in the, the Library of Congress. Uh, yeah, it's, like, Even it's fucking like Toy Mexico. Story has parts in it yeah. that are are you know they have like the carpet pattern in fucking Sid's house. That's the same carpet pattern that's in the the, the hotel rooms and shit like that. So it's everywhere. Yeah. 
And how many times have you seen the Here's Johnny thing done, right? Oh, as yeah. like a parody. It's done well, everywhere. It's widely known. I'm pretty sure it's widely known that Nicholson improv that line. Uh-huh. And then when they're editing the movie, apparently Kubrick loved it in the moment, in that take. Uh-huh. You know, it was great. They uh-huh. kept it. What, he's from. He's not from America. Uh huh. And when they when he in that like no Johnny clue. Carson, he didn't, yeah, wa- yeah. didn't watch television, so didn't know what the fuck that. And he wanted to take it out. He's like, I'm not fucking keeping that in the movie. And everyone's like, No, you gotta, gotta keep, keep it. it in so the So it movie. almost got cut out because he was upset that it was like this major, uh, uh, like a big, ma- like big mainstream kind of thing. Yeah, because to that's, that point, that's not right. common in any of Kubrick's work. You will never yeah. see something like that again in any of his well, work. As I said before, this was a big redemption film for him because uh, trying to get into the international spotlight, basically, and coming off of Barry Lyndon and all that Oscar issue and stuff. So he, him, put I think him keeping that in also had a lot to do with like, hey, you want to be injected into this mainstream audience and also still be this artistic director. This you should keep Here the fucking is. line. You got to yeah. keep the line. And know? it's crazy how much different this is than other Stephen King adaptations, right? This feels yeah. completely different than, you know, Christine. Um, yeah. What else? You know, Silver Cujo. Bullet, Cujo. Cujo. Yeah, Cujo. Dem- all this Pet shit cemetery. like Children of the Corn, Pet Cemetery. It. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it for two. sure. It won. It, it's it just goes. And the only one that I feel like may have a, you know. A similar feel, not to the extent of it, but is Salem's Lot that it feels different than all the other ones. Yeah. Uh, And is it because it's one of the first, maybe? You know what I mean? But even Carrie, like Carrie feels like a a Stephen King movie. Well, is that that was the first film adaptation, right? Carrie was the first one. I think it was, right? Right? Yeah, it's Carrie. So I think he was in the, I think think King was like, my movie, my books are becoming movies. And then Kubrick's coming around. I like parts of your book. Dude, you I know, it'd be fucking sick if, <laughs> if Kubrick did Salem's Lot. Yeah. That would have been fucking awesome. I agree with that. I mean, I think Tobe Hooper did a great job with Salem's Lot. And I think that's a testament to why that movie is also kind of different than all the other uh, adaptations. I think that, uh, you know, Hooper and, and Kubrick just did an extraordinarily good job on these two films. Not saying the other ones are bad. But I feel like the other ones just get kind of tossed in the mix of being like a run of a mill yeah. 80s, early 90s horror films, whereas yeah. these two really stand out as being special. Also, remember, Salem's Lot was a made for TV movie. Yep. That wasn't yeah, even. That's a, true, too. Well, so is it one, the original. It, yeah. The original. It, I call it yeah. One. Original. It was basically a lifetime movie. Yeah. But a they. Oh, a lot uh, of his shit's miniseries, like The Perfect Storm and all that. Like, or was it Storm yeah, of the Century or some shit? Storm yeah. of the Century. Oh, my God. But it's one of those things where it's like Stephen King is like has these legendary books, but like part of me thinks that like like some of like he's got great direction in some of the things, but sometimes his books take these weird turns that are like this is way too much cocaine. Yeah, like, yeah so that's the cocaine <laughs> turn right there. That's like yeah, cocaine yeah, turn. Yeah, and yeah, I think, whoops. But like it's funny. <laughs> he got a fresh batch. He's a big name, but all the movies that get that get that get made by him are always the good ones. I feel are the ones that are drastically altered. Now, like The Shining was drastically altered. Now true. there was the TV miniseries Oof. that he did Oof. in 1997. Seven. Yep. 
was that April? He got April his fucking, of May, 1997. He got his head. So I have not watched it in full, but today I watched as many clips of it as I could, and fuck, is it bad? It it yeah. looks <laughs> atrocious. He, I'm going to rewatch it in full maybe dude. this week just to to see, and I'll report back if There's I can find taper. it for free somewhere. <laughs> two taper. I remember. The, I remember. I have it. It's two tapes. I, I I have to check it out again. I have to see. He Kubrick wanted the hedge monsters. He tried it. He's like, this looks like shit. I'm not doing it. We're gonna do a fucking maze. Inside I watched some a studio. of the, the, the dog scenes where like, like the dog man like barking at the kid in the hallway. It, it was yeah. some weird, bad. Yeah. Like it looked like I was watching a sci-fi channel's take on Alice in Wonderland kind now, of like shitty well, quality stuff. Oh, I saw that Alice well, in Wonderland. Was it necessary <laughs> though? Was it necessary to remake that movie? No, Absolutely well, no. Was not. that just a it was a vengeance Stephen thing? King it was a vengeance like, thing. It was. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. like people because everyone knew The Shining as Kubrick's masterpiece, like one of his masterpieces. Stephen and King in little in yeah, little font. Yeah, like and, right. And he did this movie. <laughs> But all all those parts, like people don't realize that King actually has a co-writer, and for his books to have the weird turn, his, his name is Cocaine. It's cocaine. The co-writer is Cocaine. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and I, I think that it definitely probably pissed much. him off. Well, he to fired be like, Jack too, right? We fired Jack too. Yes. <laughs> but he's like, this motherfucker is so famous for this movie that has my name on it, and it's not even my fucking story. Vengeance. Like, fuck that. Like, yeah. he was probably mad that his name is not something that he really didn't create. Isn't that so weird? Be it. Isn't that crazy that this the, the Shining movie is just like like Kubrick was using it as his redemption for like like all this all the shit he got from his previous movie Barry Lyndon and now after it's made it this giant movie it didn't really get no, big notoriety until the VHS release which which I Time yeah, Warner clam yeah. along with Salem's Lot and then and then then it, later on like for years. King was haunted by this movie, and as I want to make my own version out of ven- a vengeance and redemption, and it was shit all over it. Was, it. <laughs> oh yeah. my god, it's so it's, bad. It's one of those things where it's like, Mom, I want The Shining. You have The Shining at home, and it's <laughs> no, the yeah. Yeah. version. Yeah. Oh, no, I want the other. Like Eddie Murphy <laughs> McDonald's hamburger <laughs> joke. Oh boy. <laughs> okay, so there's a whole. We were saying that this isn't a haunted house movie. So then, who the fuck are all these ghosts walking around this fucking place, man? What's man, up with this? Whew, I got some ideas for this. Um, oh, for lot, one, man. I don't think there is a single ghost. I don't think this hotel has any haunting to it whatsoever. I, agree. I think that all of the things that you see in this movie are a pure vision due to psychosis. Whether it be the psychosis of Jack or Danny, I think they're both suffering mental illness and they're seeing these things because of the debilitating state that this seclusion has put them in. The the only so here's this is this is why I I, I agree. Cause someone did point it out if the shining is some kind of mental thing and Jack is drinking, that's why it is so much more visual visual for him if he's drinking again. But also the one thing that alcohol is a depressant, right? It would it would, yeah. it would Yeah. And uh the one thing that there's the, the only scene where I kind of breaks it for me is that he's locked in the food thing and then it get then then one of the ghosts open it you know like the only way like how's that that's like the one explanation where i'm like ah that one of the entities because they're yeah. not they're not ghosts they're not ghosts yes entities so. well there is some explanations for how he gets out that could be explained away from how he gets out of that storage room that don't technically have to do with ghosts that could be explained through the shining itself 
So yes, that's true. I think there's I there's think there's, there's also a theory that I'll talk about later with that door that is completely not related to anything to do yeah. with The Shining. And I have a good production note about that door I, too. I have. I will say right now that I 100% think it's The Shining ability yes. that gets him out of yeah, that door. Yeah, I agree too. Yes, I agree. that gets him out of the freezer. A hundred percent. There too. is. And I think that it's. I think that it's Jack's Shining ability that yes, gets him out. of I it. agree yes. too. He's well, passing it down to his son. That's well, what it is. Yes. this is what I'm going to say. The ghosts are not ghosts. They're projections. Exactly. 100%. Right? 100%. They're, they're, whose projections are they? We'll talk about that maybe a little bit later yep. when we get into the theories. Um, is there a supernatural element to this movie? 100% yes. Yes. I think it's also mixed with somebody being an actual piece of shit now. Yeah. Being brought into this like environment you know what i mean and i like I, I, on would, surface i would 100 percent agree with you but i have this interesting debate fact that we're gonna get into yeah no we're I, gonna get I, into it i thought about today that like completely turns a lot of these things i think after people listen to our podcast today they will never be able to watch this movie the same way because i know that i'll never be able to watch this movie the same way without thinking about a few of these things that we're talking about yeah I have I have so much notes about things yeah, too. I have read through all the theories. I have watched all the YouTube videos. Okay. I am ready uh in a little bit to to start debating these We're theories war, that okay. people have put out there. I am very well versed after this uh cram session. <laughs> yeah, me and Mike have had a long day. I'll tell you. Dude, there's there's that documentary really helped, was a big thing to watch today for me to so what do you think about the ending of this movie? Well, are, are we talking about the ending they went with or the original ending that they did? No, okay. we're going to do the ending that originally that. No, we're going to do the ending that made it to the mainstream yeah. release. Okay. Which, you know, Jack obviously dies in the uh, maze. If you didn't know that, then I don't know where the fuck you've been yep. also. And basically, Wendy, Danny escape. Scatman Crothers is dead. That's it. Yeah. Right. Uh, the Overlook survives to torture another family. Right. Where in the novel they actually blow up the fucking yeah. hotel. Well, <laughs> it's, it's it's funny. Well, since like I'm trying to connect some n- trivia to that, where he dies in the maze, that was on a set, which was, was mind blowing. That was a fucking indoor set that was hot, not cold, covered in salt, salt. And, so, styrofoam. Yeah. And there were people were getting like passing out because how hot it was in there. Jesus, insane. And then, then also too the well, doesn't I think, salt actually make things hotter? Yes, yes. right. That's why yeah. you put rock salt out. Yeah, yeah. And especially then, with studio lighting. Yeah, imagine. Well, that. one of the sets burned down. Well, what, I wonder what, why. <laughs> not that one. The the main lounge. The the um the the the, the where he shoots yeah, 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 the yeah. bat that burned down and they rebuilt it and that's where they shot Raiders. Anyway, isn't that crazy? That's crazy. Um. But that I actually like this ending better than the original ending, which was the hospital scene where they say they can't find Jack's body. Now Ooh. I like the fact that they can't find the body. I do too. I thought that, that was like, cool. I kind of think it goes along with my theory. That would go with my theory a little I bit agree. more. Where like when he's found, they actually don't even say. No, we. we as, they actually as just stop the movie. Yeah, they movie. actually just stop the movie pretty much boom a lot of people really were questioned that that it's such it goes it's that hard cut there's no establishing 
It, this movie that has it it is it, it just goes from so many layers. Establishing shot, tight establishing shot. All of a sudden, oh, it's just boom to he, the, the. He's picture. breathing, breathing the wind. <sighs> hard cut of him frozen. Yep, and then it goes into the it goes into that like uh, winding shot of the hotel, and you see Jack in the photo of the July Fourth, nineteen twenty one ball gala, whatever you want to party. Because yeah. he's always been there. He's, he's always, always yeah. been the caretaker. <laughs> But is but see that's why I kind of like this ending a little more than the hospital ending, which they the footage was burnt. He he, he made sure it never. Yeah. There's stills from it you could find, but that's why um, that's why you they, can't actually watch that. No, it's gone. He burned the footage, but there's fo- stills of it that when they said they couldn't find the body, I think that just I think that gives it. I think that makes it too real. You know what I mean? Uh huh. Like that makes it too like oh his body's gone. Is he still alive? Is he going to chase them? Like, this is more of leaving it up to interpretation is what's going on. Like, he was there, and you see that picture, and now, oh, he's here all, all along. You know, it's... I don't know. I think, I think the hospital I mean, could have been too direct, For such a psychological maybe. movie, I yeah. appreciate the ending they went with because it, it just it adds to that mystery. It adds to the, the openness for people to make their own interpretations of what the film is about and what the ending yeah. is about. Mm, I agree. Yeah, you actually don't know what the ending is pretty much, right? right? It's just open-ended at that point. I love it. Uh, Now, people say, like, why didn't Scatman Crothers, like, foresee what was about to happen? And... His shining was not as powerful. No. I'm going to say that he did see it, and he knew that he had to go there. You know, to die so they could get the snow cat to leave. If he didn't die, those the family was gonna die. He needed yeah. to give them the time, and that little yeah. bit of time that it took for him and the those hundred takes and the that it took. Cat, to- <laughs> yeah, you know, he gave them the vehicle to get out. Right, like he pretty yep. much prepped. You know, their escape, and mm-hmm. I feel like he knew that it was like the end for him. That's why he was like so fucking like. He's an old man. He's kind of accepted it, you know. Like they have much longer to live than I do, and I've served my purpose. Kind he of had the thing. connection totally with Danny. That. Yeah, like he had the connection with Danny when they met. Yeah. Right, like he was actually concerned for him. It's pretty. I I always took it like he, you know, he knew that that's what had to be done. That that was part of the plan. He's, yeah. you know, he foresaw all of that. And I think that actually makes his character even better if you look at it like that, right? He I do too. And, and, I, and if you believe in the shining that the film is trying to sell you and the abilities of that, then that is the only explanation because yeah, there's no way he wouldn't have seen it coming if he has these abilities that that Danny has because Danny's already yeah. Yeah. you know kind of shown that he can do these things. So I totally even think like, that he sacrificed himself. He like speaks about how he used to speak with his grandmother for like, you know, whole conversations without talking. And it seems like almost like he's like a Yoda type character now. He's like passing the, you know, his grandmother taught him about it. Now he's teaching it to like this kid. He has you know no, what I mean? he has he, no family. It doesn't show him with yeah. any family and that he can pass it on to. So you're right. And he has this like, connection with Doc. And then, you just know, the rest is history. like Yoda, he dies after the training, right? Yeah. Mm. He's not quite done, but he got enough. <laughs> I kind of like that, right? That's cool. Scott Man Crothers, good job, man. Good job. Good job. Yeah, I, I don't. If you got if 
any if anybody listen has seen Doctor Sleep, I don't really recommend it. Don't don't see Doctor Sleep. Yeah, it's uh, Danny grown up, right? And he has to fight like other people with The Shining. Yeah. Spoiler alert! Before I get into I it, I hate that. Uh, spoiler alert! Uh, I would think in a, in a generation where uh, everybody has been asking, like you know, like especially with the Star Wars stuff, like in their movies yeah. where they where they um, bring back characters from the past. Yeah. And, do the CGI face. I still feel like there's ways around that where you could do like shoulders and hands. Yeah, and, stand-ins. Um, Doctor Sleep recast all the old characters. And spoiler alert, uh, Jack comes back. You see like a scene with him and yeah, Danny. He's, he's playing like Lloyd the bartender's yes uh, position. But do you, so it's very confusing because it's supposed to be Jack. Yeah. But they didn't do anything cool where they the shoulders. It's another actor. And know who the actor was? Yeah. Elliot from Home um, E.T. Wow. Ah, no shit. There it is. The E.T. reference. But, we were gonna get it one time. There it, there it, is. there it is. Another Spielberg but, thing. But <laughs> but um, what I mean is that I thought this movie would have been significantly better, the Doctor Sleep movie, with just a little bit of subtle stuff, like out of focus Jack, like yeah. him, something like you know they recasted Dude, everybody. That movie would have been better if they made it in 1988. Well, right, the, not, the, and they the book only came out, out in 2013. Yeah. Legion of Bad Shiners that they need to go. I fucking yeah. hate that trope. I hate I, it. Not or whatever. As much so as dumb. as much as we make fun of Stephen King, I think he he like. I think I never read Doctor Sleep, but if it's supposed to be the sequel to The Shining, it's Kubrick Shining. Maybe he did he write a a, a Shining two book based on Kubrick's movie movie. Oh, that's Maybe. interesting. That, yeah. That's that's what Doctor Sleep is. It's the sequel to The Shining. Now here, yeah, because Scatman Crothers is a, it? is he's like a, a like a spirit in Doctor Sleep. Sleep. He's yeah. not a he's not alive. He I died. think it's on HBO. Oh, where yeah. in the book in the yeah. book he survives. Halloran yeah. is alive at the end. Yep. Interesting. I, I, I wonder why it took so long to write that sequel. Yeah, but that would have been viable. <laughs> that would have that was probably a, was that a best selling novel back then. The Shining, yeah. probably. Yeah, yeah, it was a bestseller. I don't know. I don't read. It was uh, a bestseller at that point. Yeah. So you would think, you know, he would have capitalized that. Oh, yeah. he was too angry. You know, too angry. He true. Maximum yeah, over, Maximum Overdrive was a bust. <laughs> even though I love that movie. For my one, I just watched that recently. Emilio. For my one hundred. Emilio. <laughs> it was great. For my one hundred and seventeen novel, a family goes up to a cabin and gets murdered by a lamp. <laughs> not even trying anymore. <laughs> family Guy reference. Sorry. Now, one thing we didn't really describe or say is what exactly is The Shining? What is this ability, The Shining? What is your take, Grizz? And we'll kind of see what everybody yeah. else thinks. Yeah. I think that uh, what this movie calls The Shining is just kind of a generic term for all things that are like mental powers, like clairvoyance and then telepathy and all these different things. So it's also definitely there's different ranges of power that these people seem to have where, you know, some people's shining ability could be a little bit more powerful than somebody else's. And But I think it's just a generic term for having these mental powers that are not yeah. normal to other people. ESP. Yeah. There you go. Extra sensory perception, right? Yeah. Anthony? I I think he summed it up basically. Yeah. Now, I agree. I think it's a little bit more powerful than, you know, just being able to like read minds, this and that. In the book, they're actually able to manifest things. You know what I mean? Like they can move shit. 
And in the movie, it's kind of alluded to that they're able to do that also. You know what I mean? That they're able to make things appear, disappear, change things, this and that. I think it's almost like scanners. You know what I mean? Where like there's some people that are more powerful that have more ability. Yeah, and that you know sense I, mean? I agree. There's bad, like there's bad ones. T- there's bad ones. There's good ones. You know what I mean? There's like the there's the Jedi and there's the Sith. There's yeah. always the yin and the yang. You know what I mean? There's a power there. And it just depends on who's harnessing it. That it's yeah. what's going to come out of it. If you're yeah. a piece of shit, you're gonna. It's gonna be bad news. You know what right. I mean? But if you're a genuinely good person, then like it's actually gonna be a positive thing. I feel like The Shining is pretty much just the ability. I'm just going to just say it's a psychic ability that allows you to interact, move and perceive things beyond the average person. You know what I mean? A blanket term for those powers. Yeah. Yeah. I I like the whole thing that Halloran says that you could kind of see like pictures in a book, things that have happened. You know what I mean? Like that burnt toast smell. And I think that's a really cool thing. And dude, isn't there a fucking actual like conspiracy theory that like the government or like the NWO has built a machine that allows people to like look at a specific date and time, right? Isn't that like a thing that people say exists? Yeah, Yeah, it's like uh, there's some also like kind of like a paranormal theory, like stone tape theory, I think it's called. Where it's like all these events leave a mark in time and or like a, a, a trace of them behind that can be replayed at any time if given the right like, atmosphere or the right, you know, a person can see it. So that's probably the same thing I'm talking about right now. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm trying to get at. Like I think that's the, the, <laughs> like, that's the term what of they, it. Like the, the 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 stone tape theory, I think it's called. Fucking crazy. I wish that was real. Imagine. That's crazy. <laughs> And a lot of that's to do with it has to do with like you know where that location like what the materials are like if it's stone lime rock water all these different things that are known Jeez. to you know be able if, to absorb if energies. A, if you're an Aquarius holding a quartz crystal, you're fucked. Standing northeast, <laughs> fuck man, you're gonna see, on the you're gonna see Jesus Christ on the cross <laughs> on a full Jeez. moon on the fucking summer yeah, solstice. Yeah. You're either going to get eaten by a werewolf or you're going to see your dad fucking... <laughs> uh, never mind. <laughs> All right, so we're going to deep dive a little bit now into some of the fun stuff that I think this movie offers. These are going to be the themes and conspiracies. Some wacko so, shit now. Yeah, some real black <laughs> hole, dark web fucking shining <laughs> shit we're going to get into right now. But uh, let's just start with a couple of the ones that I think are... Uh, a little far-fetched that I think people are drawing straws at. And then we'll get okay. into a couple that I think could be a little bit more on base. So I'm interested to hear I'm your guys' opinion on the first one here. And that is the moon landing connection. And that Kubrick used this movie to justify or to give uh, reasons why he helped the U.S. government fake the moon landing. What do you guys can, think? Can, can I add to this? There's 100, 150%... The references in it are a reference to that, but I don't think it's to, I don't think it's to say that he filmed the moon landing. I think it's to fuel the rumor. Like I think, I think it's just his love of space. Okay. I think it. Like do you know how directors reference other things? Like he is referencing 
that out of it's part of his origin like and i think his ego kind of yeah so everyone brings up the apollo 11 shirt and of of danny wears the apollo uh-huh. 11 shirt but also the carpet is the same formation of the the patterns now the car now it's only when you look at it at a certain so, way and it's only a certain it's place. that one shot it's that one shot where the above shot it extends right. out but then once they go back the carpet now is retra- retracted. Now, it's now not as big. Remember, the carpet was not made for the movie. He just picked it out. So yeah, he picked it you out. Know, he did it on purpose. Well, I'm saying it wasn't an exact thing. Now, also with the Apollo shirt. Yeah. Here's another thing. Who is the Greek god Apollo? The god I, of the sun. Well, there we go. And also the god of prophecy. Yeah, that's interesting. I, think, I didn't realize I he got a prophecy thing. I and, like that. Yeah, and he then, has a whole big. Th- there's a whole big thing about him yeah. and like having like the prophet. Yeah, like fucking uh, clairvoyance and, sh- and yeah. shit. Like, but Grizz, I agree with you. I think that it's reference to that, but not what everyone's feeding into. I think it's a reference to that he space his, exploration his, and the rumor that he did do it. It's yeah. not saying hey, that the whole 237 yeah. room thing was a, a, yeah. a note because that's how many miles from the fucking moon the earth is, yeah. but that's not even the Dude, right information. There's, the earth there's is a things, different shit than that. So. You know what? His daughter even said, like, my dad would never help the government. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, <laughs> like, she straight up said, but, like, my dad was not about that I, life. I, I, I want to make it clear that I don't think he shot the moon landing. I do, too. I think yeah. him. Yeah. I just do think that this is a reference to that story. I don't think he's doing it because, hey, guys, by the way, kind of I shot tongue, the moon landing. Kind it's of like tongue in cheek It's thing. the wrestler heel. He's it, being the heel. It he's was like, also, like fucking, you know, years after. Yeah. So it was also like shit, you know. The, the prop, the wardrobe lady was like, yeah, I asked a friend to like knit something and, I fig- and she, she figured this was something a kid that age would wear at the time. Uh, and Which is like also like pretty true because I've had clothes like that. You know what sure. I mean? Like doofy fucking like yeah. Grizz, are you clothes. bringing up the room number? Is one of the things you bring yeah, up? Yeah, 237. Okay, I'll, well, I'll save what I got for that one. Yeah. yeah. Alright, so the one thing that is kind of another theme that people say is constantly talked about in his movies is uh, his Holocaust themes and his nod to those time periods. And he wants people to uh, think of human genocide and to never forget those things. Do you guys in particular see anything in this movie that you could attribute to that? Now, yes. No. Yes. I'm going to say absolutely not here because he I read on it. I no, I read I read the theory that people are trying to say with this, the the typewriter. That was literally his typewriter that they used. I know. Like, I'm just not saying the typewriter. a German brand. And then there's the like then there's like e- they're saying eagles, eagles, this and that. It's like, yeah, but that could also then go for another theory that the also would contain an eagle. Yeah, right. like the yeah. like the USA fucking eagle bullshit. I think the whole thing about this being like a secret Holocaust thing is is not real. No, I don't think about the Holocaust. The genocide, I do think the Indi- the in- the massive Indian genocide thing. He even commented that a critic. So that's our that's correct. our next one here. Yeah. Is this film is actually a not maybe the main plot, but there is a theme that he's trying to get at that is the representation of Native American genocide and the yeah. history of that. And I do think there is a little bit more evidence. Uh, to support that, uh, I know Anthony, it. you got a little bit of information on this. What do you think about yeah. that? 
Well, the thing about the the the, um, the the Holocaust, like he did. There's one thing about um, the number 1945 in the movie. There's that one thing that I do agree with. The Danny in the scene at the apartment, he's wearing an American shirt that says 1945 on it, and I think that was very deliberate because he was in the process of writing a Holocaust film. Drawing, Just maybe another drawing, nod to himself. For yeah, the, the art that yeah. he's doing. Yeah, I think once again it's the wrestler heel. He's nodding to all these things. That it's building hype, but um, the, uh, what is it? The the um, the baking so- not the baking soda, the um, the Indian uh, the, the baking the, powder the, stuff there, the baking powder stuff. I think that purposely was- he purposely placed it, but somebody, a critic in the eighties, did did catch this, and then he confirmed that it was correct. He is that there there's references to the Indian genocide, the Native American genocide, lots of in artwork in the offices, oh, from the famous and- Native American artist. Yeah, he, he he a lot of things he did were very deliberate. And I think the delivery there and its references to the massive killing of the Native Americans, even the, the soundscape the, uh, in the intro. Yeah. I think if you listen, yeah. I mean, they're playing a funeral. That song itself is actually a funeral uh, yeah. song that they recompose, but over top of that is like what what I could can, you know, Native American chants and calls and shit like that. It's very uh Indian vibe thing going on. And in the process, and also if you really th- if you really want to go like deep into it, the process of somebody coming into taking over while everyone's gone is coming into taking over this giant piece of land. Well, it's it, 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 it's 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 all themes. It's all themes. But I do think there is some references to the to the best genocide of Native Americans in this film. Well, they sure. they actually express in the movie that yeah. the thing was built over yeah and and they had a fight off indians yeah. to yeah, when they were building yeah, it uh, right yeah so but, and that's not that a book be, right anthony no i don't I, I it's been so long i don't think so but that would be something that would also lead to the whole like indian burial ground yeah. thing and it's actually you know a cursed place that maybe amplifies the, evil the or whatever yeah like and, another uh, but, theory behind that is that the blood that comes out of the elevator is actually connected to the indian burial grave that's underneath and that's the blood of the Indians that's coming up yeah. and yes. flowing out. But he, I think, like I said, I, as far as there might be a little bit of context that he's trying to get across with that, but I don't think that's the theme the of this movie. Of movie. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I don't think that's the blood's purpose. theme either by any means. But, that's that's the one that I wish was. Yeah. But then it just makes it into poltergeist, but <laughs> right. in a hotel. But I, but I will say. <laughs> well, then that makes a poltergeist, too. Yeah, no. one of them. Technically, aren't they? In a- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will. I will say though, like no, the end of one. Sorry, with how how secret, how like not secretive, how how Kubrick is in interviews and how open he is with some things and how not he is with others. Other things, having a critic pointing that out and him publicly in a newspaper going, "Yeah, you're right." Like he he did blatantly did say in the eight, 1980s. But I could see Kubrick just being like, yeah, "Yeah, you're right," not giving a fuck, just to be like, "Yeah, it's keep true. reading into shit, dude." Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, that's a good point too, man. The I heel, don't know. you don't, know. You don't but, know. But but apparently that's a big thing. Like that's I feel like all the documentaries and all the people, and that's one theory that seems to everyone seems to stick to to be correct. I think right. though that that is like a minor thing that might lead to just like the whole like what brings the dark yeah like aura of this place. You know what I mean? Like why have all these terrible things happened here? Because right. it's not just Jack, it's not just, um, you know, the the murder in the 70s, it goes even before that, you know what I mean? Like, this hotel has had many, the land many itself. instances, 
yeah, is like cursed. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's it's almost like Night of the Demons. Yeah. You know what I mean? The land is cursed, therefore the house is cursed now. Anything on it's you gonna know? be cursed with it. Yeah, about I like, curses, I like that call. Speaking of hey, speaking about um a guy trying to kill his family, everybody. Okay, sorry. Dark. Uh all right, so now this next one, I'm giving everybody a fucking trigger warning. If you're sensitive to shit, you should, I don't know, still listen, because it's really interesting. But anyways, uh, this is going to be a little bit of a sensitive subject for maybe some people. I think that this theory, even if it's not what Kubrick was intending, I think that there is a strong case for this theory to be made. A lot of YouTube videos out there for this. Yeah, there is a definitely a lot of, I think there's a lot of compelling information. There's a lot of quack information, too. You really got to dig. There's a lot of, you know, quack shit about any movie, but specifically for this movie, I think. Yes. But this theory in particular is the idea that uh, Jack has actually sexually assaulted Danny, and that is the main uh, buildup between these two characters and what ultimately leads to uh, Jack's death in the end of this film. And the whole theory basically revolves around one scene, and that is the infamous bear scene where you see the bear blowing a guy with his ash cheeks out, and Wendy comes across this and she gets <laughs> yeah. completely freaked out. So... Have you guys heard about this that's, at all before? That's, that's so, Anthony walking up the stairs to us, right? <laughs> With his bear cheeks. I, 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 I want to do. I wanted to say I do have six production. I, I will reference this later. I have six production notes. I have to say referencing that, but I won't say it now. Okay. Not 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 okay, the okay, stairs, okay. but uh, no, I do. I don't. I don't think. I don't think sexual abuse, but I do. I do think. I do think. If someone would tell me that he had was an alcoholic and beat Danny, I would say maybe probably. Well, that's, that's confirmed. That's because confirmed. He bro- yeah, broke he his arm. Yeah, he dislocated yeah, his yeah, shoulder. Yeah, 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 bro- yeah. I, that's what I mean, I like saw the things about that theory. There's I a lot really of things. Too much in there's it, a lot of things that do add that up. Could be, yeah, that could be. Yeah, evidence. that it could be. Same thing. It's I would put it on the same level as the Native American theory, where there's things in the movie that. Act, you don't have to like manipulate anything right. you know what i mean and everything is there it's just it's just out for interpretation that's the whole thing with this movie that you know nobody really knows unless they find notes from him somewhere yeah. that explicitly state what everything yeah. is about everything is purely speculation yeah and well, i think that should be importantly yeah. stated here when we're doing this this section and it's something that me and mike had said to each other during the day is that like we could go back and forth and you know this person said this about it the person that would know is dead, and if that person didn't say it, then it's it's purely speculation. And yeah. Kubrick didn't say one way or another. This is just us reading into it and kind of reading into other people's things. I on I, I particularly I put this maybe a step above the Native American thing because the Native American thing is kind of just a backdrop of influence where I think well, this can be a real storyline. I'm actually gonna say Native American thing confirmed yes I because agree. it's actually part of the plot i agree with that okay and I, I think yeah, okay it, yeah i will agree with that you're right because they you know do, they I mean? do mention like, it in the the movie itself there's the indian burial ground that it's built on and that shit there's I, okay. now a dark cloud over the land all this shit i and i will say that the the one with the sexual abuse makes way more sense than 
the one about the fucking moon landing. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to get into a, a bunch. I mean, if you guys are really interested in it, I highly recommend you go out there yeah. and, and look into some of the videos that people have put together. There's some really compelling ones. Just hours, a couple quick hours. <laughs> uh, quick notes on this that I think you know might spark some people's interest to go look at these things. One thing that you don't notice when you watch this at first glance, the first time Jack is in the hotel, he is reading a Playgirl magazine. Yeah, if you yeah. don't know, Playgirl is full of nude men, so that automatically suggests that he's interested in, in men. And yeah. the topic of that Playgirl is incest, why parents sleep with their kids. Very weird Playgirl choice to have. It was not the issue of the time, so it was a specific choice yeah. to put that issue in the movie. Why would he even be reading that in the also, fucking lobby why would it be to at a begin hotel? with? Yeah, so weird to be there, right? Why would it just very, be at the hotel? Very yeah. weird. And it, you, if you watch it with this in mind, you can kind of see Jack's descent. And you, there's a moment where the the you know sexual abuse happens in the film right before Jack's descent into madness, and it's all yeah. based on his guilt for what he's done, and you know he can't look at himself in the mirrors and shit. There's a lot of crazy things that go into yeah. this. Some of it I think is far fetched, but there is some of it, like Mike said, that you could easily make evidence for without manipulating too much. Yeah, it's all it's all just theory and i think unless we find something one day you know how they have like all the tolkien like records where he had oh, so right. many notes Jesus. and this yeah. and that explaining things you know we don't know we may find a note a note one day lol well, it's it a haunted house movie it's all ghosts yeah. <laughs> you don't know what's coincidence and what's purposefully done yeah. yeah it's hard it's hard with anything a project that large with that many moving parts and you know it's just it's impossible to keep track of everything and every single person and every single everything it's just hard yeah. it's impossible it's literally you can't get people five people to do what you know oh absolutely uh, don't touch this yeah once one person is gonna move it to the left an inch just because they can't help themselves you know what i mean no, there's, for scene, sure. there's a scene to me that really doesn't get talked about as much that kind of falls whether it be sexual abuse or uh like or just regular just beating abuse and the the scene where um she makes uh jack shelly duvall makes jack uh breakfast in bed yeah and if you watch that scene there's like a giant and it's it's i know it's a deliberate acting choice by nicholson there's like such a disconnect of real emotion towards her of like loving she's like obviously trying to repair this thing and he you could see that there's some kind of like torture and like he's ashamed of what he did I, and there's just like he, he's just like there's no he's like he kind of smiles at her but it's like very manufactured i and think, i feel that such like like a man that has done something so terrible that just even the even like trying to accept breakfast from his wife he's just he does not know how to react i don't even think it's that i think it's yeah. once he steps foot on this property he's already like in he's already, he's like, already he's okay because yeah. that the whole DK. time he's like i really like it here yeah i love it here you know what i mean he keeps yeah. like saying this weird shit and i think it's i think it's a whole thing where like this hotel for whatever reason is just amplifying his personality that could now. Be true yeah you know okay. what i mean this place is just amplifying his fucking stuff and because he has this like ability like he may not have known about it but this place knew about it mm -hmm. you know what i mean where in the, the magnifier in the, for his abilities yeah where oh, like yeah. in the novel like the hotel is pretty much like a 
you know, a sentient thing, you know what right. I mean? And mm-hmm. no, it thinks, right? Like it's, it makes things move this and that. And I feel like it's a little bit like that almost in the one in Kubrick's, except it's more like just this place will amplify you. You know what I mean? Evil shit happens here because, you know, in the novel, I guess it would be relevant because she's supposed to be the naked woman in the bathtub. Yeah. This woman commits suicide after this guy basically like wines and dines her and then steals her shit and leaves. Right. So like, you know, it amplified that emotion of grief where she killed herself. You know what I mean? We don't know who that guy that uh, Wendy saw at the end who was bleeding from the head. You don't know who the, he was like the maitre d Right. You don't know what happened to him, but if he has this fucking huge thing in his head, you know something happened there. Yeah. You know, you see all these other corpses in the hall, you know something happened. You know? So we have to touch on the door real quick, because I think that is a is a good wrap-up for a couple of these theories. How Jack gets out of that storage room. I think that my overall theory of that is that he uses his shining ability to unlock the deadbolt from the outside and to get out. Another theory that goes back to the uh, assault theory is that Danny is the one that lets him out of there. He then in turn runs to alert Wendy that, hey, fucking dad's coming and he's going to kill us, which is the red rum scene. And he is all his time is just spent trying to lure his dad eventually to this maze where he knows he can outsmart him. And uh, okay, this is kind of, I don't know if this is a touchy thing to say or not, but I think that like, it's an interesting thought that I had. I think personally that Danny might be on the autism scale or at least the character um, is played that way because I have an autistic cousin and you know, he doesn't verbalize very well, but he fucking knows every planet in the sky. He, He just is really good with space shit. So I feel like Danny knows this maze so well that he can do it at night and trap his dad in there because maybe he just has that, you know, he doesn't verbalize very well. He's kind of an awkward child. So maybe he does have these extra sensory abilities that he can memorize things like a maze and stuff like that. I don't know. Just an interesting theory that I've seen come up that I think could easily be uh, attributed to the movie. It makes sense that it would be like, I always thought like when I was, as I got older on the rewatches that Danny let him out. Like I always that that always never made sense to me. Why would he let him out? He knows that he's going to try to kill him. Or or Tony let him out. (laughs) But Tony tries to protect him the whole time. He doesn't even want to tell him what happened at the hotel in the beginning. Okay. So this is a perfect segue then, Mike. You're going to, this is, this is the next question that I have for you guys. And I'm really interested to hear your take on it then. In this movie, who is the bad guy? Is it Jack or is it actually Danny? No, it's Jack. A hundred percent. Okay. I, I will like make an argument argument with you on this, and I'm going to give you a couple bulletin points why, and you can okay. give me your rebuttal as to why you think that's bullshit. Okay. okay, go. All right. So I personally think that this is about the two, fa- the father and the son, both of which have shining abilities, but I think the father's is so repressed from his years of drinking that he doesn't actually have the abilities that his son now has true and when they get to this hotel because of the abuse that the father has been giving to both the mom and the son the son sees this seclusion as the opportunity 
to take out his abusive father. He then uses his shining abilities to project all these images and all these nightmarish things onto his dad at this hotel to drive him to the brink of insanity, to push him to the limit. And if you watch the movie, anytime Jack is having a moment where he's seeing ghosts or he's losing his fucking mind, it will have these cut shots to Danny where he's having like a seizure or he's having these like weird faces, almost as if to tell you, look, this is a cause and effect from Danny that he's doing to his father. And I think if you go through this movie and you think about Danny as being the antagonist, and Jack is being the protagonist in this. It's a completely different watch, much in the yeah. same way as the abuse can make it a different watch for you. I agree. It's a great, it's a great. Pass me that joint, bro. My turn. All right, All right bro. Let's hear it. <laughs> All right. So who calls Halloran to the hotel? Uh, Danny does. Danny, yeah. Does he? It, it, it could. It could. See, that's the thing. It's open ended as well. It could have been. He doesn't. He doesn't react to Danny getting choked by the woman in the room. He reacts to Jack going into the room. Yep. Into 237. That's when he realizes something's wrong. And, That's when he shines. But uh, but also but also too to Grizz's point isn't like when when Jack's at the bar and uh Wendy finds him. Uh-huh. Wendy's like Danny was just in in, uh-huh. in 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 this room. There's a lady there. He's, he's screaming. Like he, Danny sends, we sends sends him there. Like Dan, Danny's the reason why he goes now, to that room. Like I'm just saying. I, I think his yeah, theory. There's like, there's an argument to be made there's, there. Anthony's there's a lot right. of blatant things where Danny everything can is be attributed. Up, it's to like Danny. Home Alone. He's like setting. It's like it's like well, setting up. Well, no. Like, well, here's the thing with that now. Well. I see. I don't think Danny's the bad guy because he didn't want to go to the hotel to begin with. Yeah, but remember in the beginning, he's he's doesn't want to go. You don't have to be, are you know, instinctually bad in the beginning of a story to the opportunistic and to make your situation better, giving the opportunity that you have to take out an abusive father. Now yeah. that you're in seclusion. And you have an opportunity to outsmart him. Now, if you watch, Danny is obsessed with Wile E. Coyote cartoons. So that maze scene is no different than that. It's a, it's a trap and kill thing that he's basically been setting up. And he's had in his mind to take his father out. And this is the perfect time to do it. Dude, do you realize how many things <laughs> would have had to go right for him to be able to do that, though? Like, he would have had to escape his dad fun. just one day pulling out a knife and stabbing him in the head. You know what I mean? Like too many things would have had to go yeah. right for him to plan like that to happen. I don't he know, would I th- have had. I think with the shining element, I think that it, it allows those possibilities now to be worked around. I think if, if there's no supernatural element to it, then yeah, for sure. I think that that's 100% accurate. But I think with the abilities of like, even as you said in the beginning of this episode, the shining is the ability to project, whether that be imagery, thoughts, feelings who knows the capabilities that someone could if someone's projecting imagery and feelings onto you you could easily lose your mind and do things that are completely irrational that you think are rational now because you believe in that's reality now in the beginning like i said tony who is in fact danny's subconscious pretty much right uh (laughs) who would be looking out for his best interest at all times refuses to show him what happened at the hotel or what happened in 237 right agreed he says that because he says no i'm not going to show you 
He says, come on. And he's like, no. And then he has the seizure and sees like the room. You know what I mean? The red blood coming out of the, uh, the elevator. I think Jack is the one that's projecting that into him. Because Jack is like a super strong shiner, I guess. And so it's you been see it repressed. the opposite way almost. Yes. Where look at look at when like the the cans appear and disappear, how people say. When like Scatman Crothers is there, there's one can. When Danny's there, there's none. But when Jack is there, there's three and there's and they're like yeah. big so ones. That's supposed you know to represent I mean? how much more power he has in comparison he, to the others. He's so like in tune with the fucking evilness of this place that he's able to actually manipulate the lock to open it. You know what I mean? That somebody like Danny doesn't have that ability. He barely knows what the hell's going on. And Scatman Carruthers is called there because now he knows that somebody else knows. You know what I mean? And he's trying to tie up the loose end to call him in to like be like, fuck you. Like, you know, this is my hotel. But one of one of the things I noticed during the climax of this movie and to to go to both your points to kind of tie tie together is that like every time I watch it, one thing about this watch I noticed even like in horror movies where there's scenes like I, I'm trying to think of a movie, but I really can't off the top of my head where multiple people are being chased by like one killer where it's like uh-huh. father and son yeah, or yeah, son yeah. and daughter where you feel like they're both in imminent danger. Yeah. There was very few moments, if not, I really never felt that Danny with, with this power that he has, the, the shining was ever in true danger. I always thought he was a step ahead of his father. Yeah. Even when he was being chased in the maze, and maybe because I watch it so many times, it's just like I feel that Danny is 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 always gonna outsmart his dad, and I I just it, there's just, that's a weird thing I noticed well, especially this time I never felt that Danny was in imminent danger. I always felt like Wendy was in danger. Here's the thing that's with the it. maze yeah. that you guys are overlooking right now. Jack doesn't leave his fucking room. Yeah, he he doesn't, doesn't leave the house. He barely, they barely they, knows always, the house, they yeah. show Wendy and Danny in the, the maze, maze yeah. playing all the time. And they show the out same there, Jack even when it's snowing out, they're out yeah. there playing in the snow. So he knows the maze just yeah. because he's a kid and he goes out there with his mom because they're like uh, best friends, you know? And Jack has no fucking like clue what's going on out there. But that's why I agree you with you. That's, that's why, why he I'm brings agree- him there. Th- yeah, that's why I'm agreeing. That's why I'm saying is that well, no, Danny's I'm not saying, in imminent danger. I'm saying either way, yeah, either way, yeah. he's he's not gonna die there, yeah, because he either knows it from just being there, he knows he's it from through the, through the shine, he knows it. Step ahead, you know, yeah, he's a step ahead, ahead of his father, dad. and like I feel, he tricks him. The way he tricks him is fantastic. But now the original ending would prove mine, yes, a hundred percent. Then, yeah. right. Where he would, where his body isn't found, he's right, in the that's picture supernatural at the aspect, end. Yeah, absolutely. And it was Jack being amplified by this yeah. place because it knew that, like, it was like you know he was the one, like the 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 Revic, the Daryl Revic. <laughs> right? Oh, you bringing it out now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, production notes. Should I do the? My Let's pro- hit it. Okay, real quick. These I'll bust through these because I know we've definitely probably gone a long time. Okay. Um, Already went over the hedge man. He, he did, the hedge creatures didn't come to fruition because he tried to mess Looked with claymation. Like he yeah. like fuck this. Um, 60, 61 doors used for the. Um, here's Johnny scene. Damn, because they didn't want to use. They used fake doors. He hated how it looked. 
They redid it, uh, Fake Doors, and... There's great footage of that on YouTube. Yeah, you could probably see it. Yeah, when he's prepping. prepping. It's funny as hell. Um, um, Shelly Duvall, uh, the scene where... The the blowjob scene, uh-huh. um, where she's running up the stairs. Yeah. The amount it takes equivalented to the um, the height of the Empire State Building. Damn. Step she walked. That's insane. And um, production, I don't think we ever talked about it. Uh, re- uh, we talked about it a second. Exteriors were done at a different hotel. Uh, uh-huh. I think it was Colorado. No, the exteriors uh, were done in uh, the hotel in Mount Hood. Mount Hood. And then everything was done in London. And uh, Montana also. And so all I the think. interiors you see are done in London and at a studio. And he demanded that Every every stage on that studio, he could have access to twenty four seven as long as he wanted. So if you open that studio that day, you open that the whole lot. You had to open every single studio on that lot because he had access to all of them. And um, there's a really good clip online of them shooting Shelley Duvall leaving the hotel to uh-huh. run outside with the knife. Of um, I think we talked about it earlier. Is they're trying so he's uh, Krubik's trying to cue her to come out. And she's hearing a bunch of different things, and I guess she didn't come out. She went to eat soup, and there's a thing where they're yelling at each other at the door. You should watch that. And also, quick last production note, that this was the first one of the first movies to use the modern-day Steadicam. So Beautifully, if you too. look at all the stuff, the dollies, he made. He he's always innovative. I've even showed you that picture. Uh-huh. Um, he came up with a certain pulley system for those dollies that move. But also pull out, then pull in by oh, handles. Dude, can we talk about that fucking helicopter shot yeah. in the beginning? Oh yeah! Holy Beautiful. shit! How close it flies to the you fucking car! You kind of see it. You see it for a second too. Dude, it's on the. It's like literally in the, the next hood. lane yeah. over. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. And the maze, it, no joke. It's same. Let's do that with a Maverick now. The same Steadicam I have with the monitor thing. Uh huh. He they Built they it. came up, they came up with the idea to do a hand weight. And you look at, and it looks like a modern day Steadicam, but with a film with a film camera on top yeah. of it, not like manned by a bunch of guy, one guy running and one guy pulling wire. Before it's time, yeah. And then that's what's all done in the main yeah. scene. And uh, awesome, great production shot of I sent you earlier of him duck t- the, the scene where Jacks, yeah. With those production yeah. notes, I think yeah. that uh, it, it's a good lead in to real quick for us to talk about before the chase scale, uh, the torture. That Kubrick Shelley put Shelley Duvall through. Terrible. And That's if so you guys she, think that this movie is what led to ruining yes. her poor life, yes, he, his his phrase on set was "Do not sympathize with Shelley." Terrible. Yeah, he would not Terrible. let people talk to her. He would not let her. You know, people congratulate her on a job well done. I mean, it, just complete That's isolation. Nervous. That's she had a nervous torture. breakdown on yeah. set. There's a there's photos of her, videos of her on the floor, but like. Pillows wrapped around her head, like shaking, sleep. Like she, he put her through hell, man. Like the the iconic was, baseball bat scene on the staircase. A yeah. hundred and twenty-seven takes to finally get yeah. that, and it really was just to fucking crush her spirit and to get that authenticity of being broken. And I mean, it it completely works. But man, you kind of fucking feel bad for her when you watch this now knowing yeah, all rough. that Appar- apparently that number was exaggerated it was 87 takes apparently that's still <laughs> is that 87 sorry that still, that's, still yeah. that's why rude. a lot of people think that she's choking up on the bat so much is because she's so tired yeah but maybe she doesn't know how to fucking bat but, but no but <laughs> when she swings it it's normal yeah but but think of, yeah but the, people are thinking that's why she's choking oh, up yeah yeah because yeah. she's so fucking tired that's crazy but, man, it? yeah but that's a good but point that scene is the and for me, I did not like. I don't. I didn't really pick this up from d- the d- um, any documentaries I watch, but so I think I've read it somewhere that the scene where she finds a typewriter 
One thing that Kubrick did that was so cool is how even the even watching the movie is kind of confusing because you see her looking at the typewriter, then there's that slow pan uh-huh. of the reveal of her, the back yeah. shot, and then all of a sudden you think you're in Jack's point of view, and then if you watch it closely, when it returns back, his shoulder comes into frame yeah. from the other way. So this whole fucking movie, yeah, misdirecting, it's crazy. Misdirect, it's fucking crazy. Oh, one more thing about fucking projecting, dude. At the end, when fucking Shelley Duvall sees the ghosts, she's fucking starting to see shit now. Yeah. And also, when they filmed the uh, the blood coming out of the elevator, they filmed it twice, side by side at the same exact time. So her view of that shot is actually different than Danny's. Yeah. She's oh, like on cool. the left or the right. Like there, there's actually a left and a right shot. Yeah. Crazy, you, right? You ever watch it at full speed? It's like fucking crazy. Like, Cause yeah. I think it was done in. Apparently they used six. like really high quality fake blood too. Not like yeah. the bullshit. Like there's the a conspiracy even stuff. surrounding it, that about that. There's like a thing that falls out with the blood that falls onto the floor. Yeah. Oh, that it's a body or something. Yeah. And like, there's all these conspiracy or like theories about what this was it a body? Yeah. Whose yeah. body is it? What does it represent? Yeah, that was probably it's, just it's, some fucking like gelatinous. Goo it's exact, from yeah. The, it's, a, it's the, it's like the fucking gel pack. It was all held in before it got Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he had a bunch of different cameras on set so he had like a one that was like 23 20 like if you look at all the like he yeah, has tape yeah, on yeah, all yeah. of them so he ran two of his cameras to do that shot but i sent you a really cool production shot of them doing the, when he's locked in the cellar thing uh-huh. where um they get that shot of him like with his head down there's actually three people on the ground it's the dp um kubrick is literally Duct taped a light to the camera guy's stomach. Yeah, like a fucking light bulb. <laughs> a light bulb <laughs> holding a diffusion thing over it while the audio guy is also on the ground. But I think he's also looking through the secondary viewfinder to double check the guy's angle. So there's three people on the ground. And these are not these are not like digital cameras. These are full-fledged film heavy like, cameras. 35 millimeter cameras. Yeah. So, and they're Damn. tucked in that little in the, the size of the doorway. Three guys on the ground. Damn. The dude was innovated man that was a fucking great shot so i feel like we uh we expressed our beliefs here (laughs) maybe actually no we're gonna save that because we got one more thing left the chase scale the cinematic hell appreciation scale of excellence okay guys so why don't you uh, give me, you know, your final thoughts, some of your favorite things about the movie, and your final theory on what the fuck happened in this movie. All right. I okay. Starting out, this is probably one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, I'm I'm like I'm a Kubrick fan. I'm not like an over the moon, you know, overzealous fan of his. Uh, I think this and Space Odyssey are probably two of his best films. I will easily give this movie a five because it is it's beautiful, it's it's thought provoking, and I just can't. I could watch. I watch it every year. I watch it multiple times a year, and I can't say that about many films. I think that some of the best scenes of this movie uh, is the blood elevator because it's iconic as fuck, and the fact that it's a real scene, not CGI as you would see nowadays, really adds to the authenticity of it. Uh, I think. Probably the best shot in the movie is the fucking frozen Jack Torrance 
that just looks so good. Uh, he's blue and his shit's all got icicles hanging off of him. I can't stop thinking about Randy Marsh. Every yeah, that, no, I it's like that now, dude. It's ruined nugget. for me. Ruined I think a Homer me. Simpson too, with a fucking little TV and his, all of his family like around him frozen because they could finally like watch the TV in the maze. Um, my final theory and what I think this movie, uh, the whole rundown thing, I think that it is a movie uh, about a. I, I'm sold on on Danny being the fucking bad guy. I have really kind of sold myself on that idea. I think it's about a shitty little kid who is equally taking out his shitty father at an opportunistic time using his shining abilities. Anthony? Oh, wait, and then give us your uh, your rating. Five, baby. Oh, yeah. Anthony. Uh, I think this, I am, I, I don't like to use overzealous, but uh, Kubrick was one of the first directors I ever really like. As a kid, you watch movies and you think you want to be an actor, but then as you get older, you like these movies because of direction. And I think Kubrick was the first like artsy director that I feel a lot of people get introduced to and myself and my dad introduced me to it. So this movie is very, very dear to me. And I think, and it's a movie that as you get older and as you be, like become an adult and you rewatch it, you always catch something different. I, uh, I still, and it's as many times as I've, see, I've seen it, I still don't have a defined answer. What's this about? And uh, these theories about Danny being the bad guy and all this stuff. But, um, I will say I do think that uh, I think my favorite scene is the even though it doesn't make sense with the rest of the movie is the hard cut to Frozen Jack in the maze. <sighs> I also really like a lot and I know it sounds weird and it's not really highlighted. I think one of my from being a really subtle scene is the helicopter shot is unbelievable awesome. oh, and the, the the score. We didn't even touch the score, really. The score of this it's movie too much to talk is about. fantastic. Really is. And um, I do, and a subtle scene I like is actually the, the car scene when they're driving up, when they're talking, and you really could understand that the, the, this family's it's like function. And um, I, I, I still, I, I got to follow my rule about can't give fives because five is a standard, but <laughs> I will give this movie, I'll give it a 4.9. That's fair. That's super That's fair. That's fair. Fair. Fair 4.9. I, uh, after watching this movie for the show and reading so much about it, my, I may start watching this a little bit more. I'm probably going to watch it again now after digesting all of this. Same. You know, the 97 um, one, right? The 97 yeah. one. Oh, that I'm going to try to watch too. I probably have that on DVD. I got to look. Uh, I would say some of my favorite things from this are like the shots when they show how snowy and like isolated it is. You see the snow cat out there and yeah. shit. I like stuff like that. Those uh, are actually I like really good B shots, dude. You're right. It, it really gives yeah. a good isolation sense to that. His place. U.S. team is great. The U.S. crew did an amazing shit. I also yeah. really like when they show the actual party from the 20s. And yeah. he's just casually like sitting there dancing on like the bar. Yeah. <laughs> and you see all the people in like the 20s attire behind him. Like to me, that's really cool. I like all like of his like the projections. You know what I mean? We didn't even get into the whole like fucking Grady thing, how he has oh, two yeah. fucking names. And they never even really talk about that. Like there's the probably another two hours thing. worth of shit. Yeah, that there's I could too talk much about, to talk honestly. about. The, Bunch the, of more you, theories. You the, shit gets wild with this movie. Yeah. The ballroom scene. Yeah. I just, since you said it, if you go on my Instagram, the most recent video I posted is an architecture, how a house some of my our friend uh -huh. built. And there's a, I, I took an inspiration of the scene of Jack walking into the ballroom where you see the divide. Yeah. In the yeah. Wall at 
If you, it's right on my Instagram. At a Pacini. If you go right to it, the, it, it just shows you that the cinematography is amazing. Yeah. I'm going to give this one a, a 4.8. There we go. That's good. It, I You can't deny it. But you I can't deny it. It's higher than fun. I expected from you, and I'm, I'm happy to hear that. I'm honest with our listeners. I'm honest but, with these people. That, that, you, that's not a juiced up score. That's an no. honest score. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> what do I think it's about? I think at its core... It's a Native American curse film. There we go. I like that. that this right. this, ho- this hotel has a, you know, it's built on cursed land because it was taken, you know, by force from pieces of shit. And, you know, the evil is passed on through generations. You know, I think it's, uh, it all comes down to that. And Jack is drawn to it. And it totally just makes him. It. Yeah, and it amplifies everything. He's getting crazier. His abilities are getting crazier. I that's that's what I really think it is. And I really Good think point. Scatman knew he was going to die. That's why he went. So yeah, I think either think. either theory that Still you believe shocked. in, I think Scatman knew he was going for the toast for sure. <laughs> yeah, let us know what you think. All right, so let's head over to the video drop box. Okay, so for our last movie of the year, we figured we'd finally do it. We'll finally cover the movie (laughs) after 127 episodes. Starman, we're doing it live. No, 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 no. (laughs) From my bedroom. We (laughs) will cover the movie that we got the name for our podcast from. Well, technically, it's the movie that was on a poster that I used to see in a video store that I used to frequent as a child, but we will be doing Peter Jackson's 1989 splatstick space alien slash. It's, it's like a gross out. <laughs> Fuck it. I don't know. We're doing bad taste. This movie's Hell awesome. Yeah. I've been watching this movie forever before I really even knew like, you know, when I heard Peter Jackson was doing Lord of the Rings, I was like, what? Like, how did that happen? I had no idea what the hell happened in between. Oh. Uh, <laughs> also, think about this. It's very, very, this is actually very timely because he just was trending number one. He was number one on Twitter today for, uh, he, uh, he, he's doing a, a, the Beatles documentary that oh, no I shit. didn't know that it was coming out and where they found Fuck like the 50, <laughs> They, they, he found they found like what is it like uh, a bunch of like something like 157 hours of like film of the Beatles when they were recording in like the 60s and the 70s was just yeah it, rights were back and back for years and I guess his production company bought it so he's in the news today it's his movie I think I actually out. saw that I also yeah. want to interject that I do actually enjoy Meet the Feebles the Frighteners and a lot <laughs> so I was just oh I was just fucking I was just spewing shit that's fine. I'm really excited to do this movie. Me I too. feel like I haven't seen anybody really talk about it in a while, right? No, it's like one of the few no. alien movies that I can really get behind. I, I love this shit. Anytime you see somebody eat vomit also, like that's great. 
And there, right. oh, so dude, let's hit oh, that the gore on. in this movie is just oh, crazy. It's, it's so weird. Let's hit the trailer. Yeah, I think this is a great one to end the year with. I think it's uh, it's fitting for the year 2020, right? Absolutely. And uh, I think I think we're gonna have a good time. Anthony, you're really familiar with this, or not so yes, much? It's, it's been it's been a while since I watched it, but it's been a while. I also, but I, I beard. Since I also, <laughs> I was, but I also frequent that video store as well. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, my yeah, man. There we go. Shout out, fucking Jerusalem Avenue uh, Green. Yeah, <laughs> R.I.P. Chinese place still there. You can still go, and the deli's still there. Yeah, everything. We can hang out outside there. I think the pizza place is. Do you think they have the poster somewhere? Do you have it? No, There's... dude. I don't know where the hell that place is. So that about wraps it up. Uh, Anthony, where could they find you on the internet? Abacini on Instagram. Grizz, where could they find you? On Instagram at Kane underscore enabler. And you could find me at Bad Taste Video on Instagram, and you could find everything we do at www.badtastevideo.com. We have a Patreon if you want to help us pay for our uh, our hosting fees and all sorts of shit. Uh, if you want to help us get some new microphones, that would be nice. Too. We need some help there. <laughs> that would be nice. Uh, wherever you're listening to, I'm like all flustered now after fucking verbally <laughs> breaking this shit down. This, yeah. Uh, rate us five stars wherever you're listening to Everywhere. us please leave a good review it helps us so much it moves us up in whatever I, I guess they have some sort of shit algorithm that we get lost in the but, virtual you know, ratings world yeah fuck it man whatever it. whatever fuck it listen to all our buddies I enjoy life man 
Just kidding. Fuck Living the dream. Right? Jesus just, Christ. Yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> fuck you. It's not the New Year's episode yet, man. All Jesus right. Fuck. See you guys later. Merry Christmas. Happy Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Wait, we're not the New Year's yet, are we? It's coming. <laughs> it's coming, baby. It's coming. <laughs> Creeping up. We'll see you later. <laughs>